0: passion church for more information about passion church please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv now let's join the service already in progress
1: uh, time is running out uh, Christmas is upon us, all right? So, if you have not purchased your uh, final Christmas present, I dare you to go to Walmart. Uh, (laughs) There's nothing more frantic than needing to purchase that last-minute gift, except for maybe one thing. The only thing that I can think of that is more nerve-wracking and perhaps stressful, than needing to buy that last gift before it's Christmas morning is this, needing the perfect gift, okay, because everything's been picked over, you know, okay, so, so we go to the narrative of, of, of the first Christmas, the, the narrative is almost played out, the 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 first wise man has wise man has approached and presented his gift of gold. The, the the second wise man has stepped up to the plate and offered his gift, which was frankincense. And then somewhere over in the corner, there's a third wise man, and you can hear him say, "Wait, there's one myrrh. There's one myrrh." Okay, sorry, uh, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, <laughs> you knew it was coming. So, okay, you knew it, you knew it, all right, one more. So, um, so the third man, the, th- the, the third wise man approaches this child, and, and I, I wonder if there was this moment where he began to ask some questions like, what do you give to one who has everything? Uh, some of y'all men have felt that way when purchasing gifts for your wife, and you understand the dilemma but here we are in in probably the only time it's maybe perhaps in the history of mankind ever been really true that he had everything what do you okay so then the next thing i wonder about is whether he asked this question what's the perfect gift for the perfect gift and he began to wonder so so We read about the moment of this presentation. All the shopping days are gone. It's time to present his gift. And we read about this moment. It's in Matthew chapter 2. It's where we've been spending our time over the last uh, four weeks or three weeks until now. And it says this, Instructed by the king, they set off. Then the star appeared again, the same star they had seen in the eastern skies. And it led them on until it hovered over the place of the child and they could barely or hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. They entered the house and they saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother, and overcome they kneeled and worshipped him. Then they opened their luggage and presented gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There's not a lot of detail about how the presentation went down, but we have talked about the fact that at Christmas our imagination tends to run wild. And and we we imagine things, so it 's in this moment with the third wise man that my imagination finally kicks in i 'm sorry i 'm late to the game, but it 's this one that piques my imagination and gets my imagination going because this is how I imagine it went down i I think this third wise man is standing in the shadows and he watches as the first wise man approaches the- the the, the this little baby, this little infant in this house, and he opens up his gift and i think I think he watched as gold was presented and I think he saw the reaction of Joseph I mean come on he's a guy and you just gave me gold and I think he watched as Joseph's jaw dropped and his eyes gleamed and his his attention was fixated and the gift could be appreciated it was gold I think he stood in the shadows and watched as the second wise man approached and and and, and unwrapped his gift and the realization comes that it's frankincense and we talked a couple of weeks ago and I think he, he watched his Mary with this almost knowing look on her face I, I think he could see almost a knowing look that, that now this gift the, the, the first wise man brings gold and presents it as the perfect gift for a king the second wise man brings frankincense and lays it at the feet the perfect gift and Mary probably realizes the perfect gift for a, a priest and now it's his turn. And I think there was hesitation. And I think maybe there was some reluctance. I'm not sure he really wanted to step up. I mean, do you want to follow gold? Do you want to follow frankincense? So, so almost with, with hesitation, not, not reluctance because he's not a giver, but because he knows. He knows. And slowly... Carefully he walks forward and he kneels and he begins to unwrap the package that he's carried for so long. And Slowly it, it comes to be evident that it's myrrh. I wonder if maybe with my imagination as he unwraps this gift he hears Mary taking a, a deep breath. I wonder if he looks up and he sees in Mary's eye, it's almost like tears are gathering and he knows. I wonder if he glimpses up as he un- uh, unveils this gift to this family. I wonder if, if he looks up and he, it's like there's almost momentary pain that passes on Joseph's face. It's, it's, like, it's like they, they know. The third wise man presents as his gift myrrh. That doesn't seem odd to us since the second wise man presented frankincense because we don't know anything about frankincense so, so then we start talking about myrrh and it just kind of rolls off the tongue and, and we don't ever really stop to think about it. Our own lack of knowledge cushions the feeling that there must have been when this gift was unwrapped he knew, they had to know, His gift was myrrh. It would help us to know that myrrh had been imported to Egypt for one purpose, embalming. It, this practice of using myrrh connected to uh, death and burial had permeated out of Egypt and now was uh, very common in all of the surrounding areas, including where they found Jesus. Myrrh was used for burial, to prepare the body for burial. Now revisit the scene. Now go back and, and think about it, that the gold could be celebrated with We now know what frankincense was about. It was a prophetic declaration that you're the high priest so so we can even get on board with frankincense. But, but, But myrrh? You're bringing myrrh? Awkward. That's an understatement. It was a prophetically painful gift to give to the mother of a newborn child. In a very real way, I can say it like this. Let me say, in other words, stay with me. In other words, while Jesus was alive, this wise man was not only pointing to, but preparing Mary and Joseph, and more importantly, he was preparing Jesus for the fact that he was going to die. Myrrh, in a very real sense, is a a prophetic declaration about the fact that that this baby that we're celebrating will die. If If gold was a gift fit for a king and if frankincense is a gift that was fit for a priest, then myrrh is a prophetic gift that was given to point to a Savior. That's what the gift meant. This was a gift that was fit for one for whom it would be said later in Revelation chapter 13 verse 8 that He was slain before the foundation of the world. Jesus was presented myrrh at or around His birth to remind us now as we look back that He was literally born for one purpose and one purpose only and that was to die. The truth is is that uh, if we're not careful at Christmas, uh, we get caught up in the great gift of His birth and we completely miss the greatest gift which was not His birth, but His death. That is the greatest gift because he could be born to be the king and he could be born to be a priest. But but to be our savior required his death because the Bible clearly teaches us that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And I've got news for you tonight, just like our worship team mentioned to us, we don't deserve mercy. The blood that was required and that is required is ours. When He stands in judgment over our sin, it should be our blood that is required. But Jesus came and was born to die so that He could stand in the gap and take our punishment. He was a perfect lamb. He was a perfect sacrifice. He was a sinless for sinful exchange. Jesus was born to be our Savior. The wise man in some way, whether he fully comprehended what he was doing or not, he approaches Jesus as Savior. So in a very, real, very very real way, the Christmas story reveals that Jesus, listen to this, that Jesus was prepared for death while he was alive. And so therefore, on Christmas Eve Eve, May I ask you a question? While you're alive, have you prepared for death? I, I, I think that it, it seems to me that especially during these times, on these kind of holidays, we fixate so much on living that we often fail to stop long enough to prepare for dying. And I am here to tell you that it is not enough to just celebrate the birth of a Savior. Because if we simply celebrate His birth, then we make the mistake that so many will will make around Christmas, and that is this, around this season. We will celebrate Christmas, and we will never embrace Christ. Because if you're going to... Experience the fullness of everything that God has for you. It is paramount that you approach Him and that you have an experience Him with, with Him as Savior. Um, should we should we recognize and approach Jesus as King? Absolutely. Should, should, should he, I mean, he is the ruling one, he is the reigning one, he is uncontested, he is the king. We should approach him as king. Should we approach Jesus as priest? Absolutely. He is the go-between. He is the mediator. He is the bridge builder. He is the gap stander. But let me tell you something this evening, is this, is this is that until you recognize and embrace Him as Savior, then He cannot truly function as King and Priest in your life. In a very real sense, the third gift is really the first step to seeing the other roles become a reality in your life because you can never really claim Him as King if you haven't first claimed Him as Savior. And you will never really know the go-between power, the gap-standing power, the mediating power of Christ in your be- on your behalf. You will never know the intercession, the prayer life that He has developed praying for you if you have not first approached Him and embraced Him as Savior. There has been given no other name in heaven or on earth by which man or men can be saved. So so I need you to understand what that says. I need you to understand the implications of that statement right there. What that means is very, in a very real sense, whether we approach Him or not does not determine whether or not He is the Savior of the world. He is. Whether you ever approach Him or not, He is the Savior of the world. But if you don't approach Him as Savior, that does determine whether or not He's your Savior. Um, It's interesting to me that um, Jesus had this interaction with myrrh at least twice in his life. Probably more than that, but at least twice. The first I read to you, it's these wise men. They come and the third wise man presents the gift of myrrh, prepares him for death. It's interesting to me that Jesus had another opportunity to interact with myrrh And it was while he was on the cross. Go back and read it for yourself. The the account goes like this. Jesus is hanging there suffering, dying, enduring the most painful means of execution ever created or thought up by man. He's hanging there suffering as Savior. And they offer him wine mixed with myrrh. You know why they did it? They did it for two reasons. One is they wanted to keep him from going into shock. They wanted him to suffer more. So don't act like they were doing him a favor. They wanted to prolong the death. The way they did this is that this mixture, this wine and myrrh mixture would cause, oh, it was, it was a, a numbing agent. It would cause the, 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 the convicted to die to become numb to the pain so that they could endure for longer. And here Jesus as a child accepts preparation for death, but on the cross He rejects myrrh so that He's not numb to the pain and the feeling and the experience of being rejected and the pain and the experience of carrying Your sin and my sin. He willingly goes through all that he wanted to experience. He he had to experience all the crushing weight of sin. So that he could die up to his mission. Which was to be our Savior. That's why I need to tell you that if it wasn't for the birth of Jesus but more importantly, the death of Jesus, then we could put up Christmas trees all year long and wear ugly Christmas sweaters and celebrate holidays all we wanted to. But the truth of the matter is is that if Jesus hadn't come and been born to die, then we would be living under the shadow and the fear of the punishment for our sins. But that's not the case. The reason that I get excited about Christmas is because it is a foretelling like the wise man tried to show us. It is the foretelling of what is about to take place that on in just a few short years that this baby is going to grow up and, and he's going to live a sinless life and that he's going to willingly lay down and die. And because of that, we can have life. That's why Zephaniah says it like this. He says... Cheer up, Zion. Don't be afraid. For the Lord your God is living among you. That's Christmas. But then he goes on. He understands the full scope of what's taking place. He says, For the Lord your God is living among you. Here it is. He's a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With His love, He will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. He's our mighty Savior. And I'm thankful this morning that he's, or this evening that he's king. And I'm grateful that he's the priest. But I am most thankful out of all the gifts, the one I knew the least about. I'm the most thankful that there was a third wise man that had prophetic insight enough to bring myrrh and lay it at the feet, even though it may have caused, caused his mother to sense pain and his father to be uh, anxious a little bit. I'm thankful this evening that the wise men brought myrrh and said this young baby is our savior because no savior equals no salvation but when you have a savior you have no fear and I'm thankful this evening, so I want to challenge you that throughout the course of this Christmas season, as you near the day, that you near the day of all these gifts being exchanged and, and, and singing the songs about the first Noel and away in the manger and uh, a silent night, and we celebrate the fact that the king of the earth, the king of the world, the king of the universe has broken onto the scene. I want to remind you that he's more than just a king. And I want you to approach Him more than just as a priest. I want you to have an experience, an encounter with Him as Savior. Maybe you're here this evening and you're celebrating Christmas, but you haven't had a, 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 a myrrh moment. Where you've come to that place in your own life where you recognize that it's more than a Christmas song and it's more than a Christmas tale that Jesus is the only one, the only way, the truth. He is the life. He, he's the door. He's, he's the only way to get to the Father. According to Scripture itself, He's, saying, he's the only way. And you have to have a mer moment where you approach Him and say, You're Savior. Maybe you're here and... Um, You're like me. You encountered Jesus as a Savior years and years ago. And like me, what you do is you tend to focus on Jesus as King. And you spend a lot of time dealing with Jesus as priest. I want to encourage you to go back and reflect on the the fact that there was a third gift. And I want you to remember that we have a Savior. We have a Savior. So, so like Zephaniah, since I have a Savior, I have to say, cheer up. Don't be afraid. Because he's a mighty, mighty Savior. I know Christmas is about the excitement of a baby born. But I want us to act like God tonight. Can I teach you how to act like God for just a moment? Come on, Tari, y'all, come on. You know, can I, can I just teach you how to act like God tonight? Anybody? Nobody wants to know? Okay, I, okay, come on. Okay, the Bible says that God knows the beginning from the end. Okay, stay with me, right? So in other words, I heard one guy say it like this, we start things and then we finish things. God doesn't work like that. God finished things, finishes things and then works backwards. Y'all missed it. God knows the end from the beginning. That's why Revelation says He was slain from the foundation of the world. God started the redemption process long before Jesus ever got here. And what I want us to do is, if we're not careful, we we operate like how we operate. And we start at the beginning. The the beginning is gold. He's my king. And and, and then we keep working. So now, here comes Frankincense. He's my priest. And so, finally, we come to the end, and he's, he's my savior. I want us to act like God, and I want us to go backwards. Because if we would approach him as savior. In fact, I want to say it like this. It's only as we approach Him as Savior. That He has the influence and the entrance into our lives to become priest and king. And so we're going to do something a little bit different tonight. Uh, in Christmas season, we're going to celebrate His death. That's odd. That w- I don't have any Christmas carols about that one. That's kinda odd. It's easier to sing about a baby than it is to sing about a savior on the cross suffering and dying. But we need to start from the end and work backwards. So we're going to do this. This is this is this is what you normally do at Easter. You take communion at Easter because it reminds you that He died for you. But I want I wanna remind you, I wanna remind you that He came to die. He was born to die. Why? So that we could live. That's the greatest gift. And So this is not a somber, I, I'm so sorry, Jesus, you had to die. Man, I'm celebrating the fact that he died. Because if he hadn't died, i get punished. I am so, the greatest gift anybody has ever given me in all my life It's not a car. It's not a house. It's not a great family. The greatest gift that He's ever given that I've ever received from anybody is that a a Savior came in the form of a baby and He knew He was going to die. And He died. He never met me face to face. I didn't ask Him to. He did it anyway. It's the greatest gift that He could have ever given me that He came to die on my behalf that He acted as my Savior. Would you stand with me this evening? This is what we're going to do. Uh, We're going to uh, take communion tonight. Uh, uh, Y'all know how this goes. Most of you, there's wafers here that uh represent his body that was broken there are cups here that represent his blood that was shed and and we do this the bible says that jesus said you do this in remembrance of me you do this to remember the fact that i died for your sins okay so we know that part so here are your instructions i'm going to give you the instructions up front and then and then we're going to do this and we'll do something together to end tonight Uh, i want you to come together as uh, families, if you are here as a family I want you to come together and I want you to serve yourself take take the bread, take the cup eat and drink uh, if, you, if you're here by yourself or maybe you don't have family members here I want you to grab friends and bring friends nobody by themselves, everybody ought to be with somebody you're going to come and take communion while you're around, two things, while you're around the communion table I want you to ask each other a difficult question. We got plenty of time, so so take your time. You you can get your elements and move out of the way if you want so others can, can get in the mix. But I just want you to look at each other and say, While you're alive, have you prepared for death? And if somebody in your group says, No, I, I, I just I've been waiting to get right and, and, and I'm waiting to get good enough and, and I don't I just don't feel quality, then I want you to stop and help them to encounter Jesus as the Savior it's real simple then after you take communion this is what I want you to do please I want everybody to take their cup I know you're always looking around what do we do with our cup where's the trash can we don't know what I want you to keep your cup and I want you to take it back to your seat with you and we'll finish together you you can drink go ahead and drink the juice take the empty cup with you back to your seat All right. so let me pray for you and the worship team is just going to sing real softly and then you're, you're free to come and receive communion together as family and friends. Keep your cup. Father, this evening I pray that if there's anyone in this room that has not encountered your son Jesus as Savior, I pray that they would have a mer moment. I pray that they would come to this uh, encounter, this experience with you as they reflect on the fact that you came and you bore our sorrows and you bore our sin and you suffered on the cross. You came as a baby, but, but it was more than that. You came for the sole purpose of dying. And we're so grateful. It's the greatest gift. It's the greatest gift that you could have ever given us. I pray tonight as we we take communion together that we would reflect just a moment on on more than just the the away in the mangers and the first Noels and all that and we would recognize that you were sent on an assignment and you were faithful to the end. I pray that we would reflect on that together so then out of that You will become our king and you will act as priest. But tonight we embrace you. We acknowledge you as Savior. You're the Savior of the world, but we want you to be our Savior as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you come and partake in communion and then you can go back to your seats with your cup. every head bowed every eye closed for just a moment if you're here tonight you'd say steve i came in this place and i did not know jesus as my savior but in the few moments that i had with my friends and family members in that moment i gave my heart and life to jesus would you just raise your hand you pull it right back down i won't embarrass you yeah thank you we just want to make sure that we get uh, materials into your hands to help you on this journey so we're thankful for those tonight that did that. If you're here and you did not give your life to Jesus as Savior, and you want to do that right now, you can raise your hand and we'll, we'll make sure that before you get out of here, we'll help you through that. Amen. I'll give you instructions, those of you that raise your hands here in just a second, because we, we've got a great book we want to put in your hand. This is how I want us to end tonight together. Would you take your cup? The church I grew up in, I can still remember that these used to be real, like glass. Anybody else remember those? Okay. You recognize because they were glass, they could be reused. Right? Okay, I'm trying to gross you out or nothing. They, They washed them. They were good about that. But they could be reused. That is not a great picture of what Jesus did. Let me see if I can explain. Jesus came. The Bible clearly states that Jesus came to die. But it also tells us He only had to die once. Would you do this with me as a celebration of the fact that a baby came to be more than just a king and more than just a priest, that he came to be our Savior, but he only has to die once and his job was completed. Would you take your cup and break it because it will never be used again? Father, we're thankful tonight that Jesus is our Savior. That he only had to die once. And when he comes back the second time, when he arrives on the scene, he is going to be a triumphant king. He doesn't have to come and suffer anymore. He won't come to die anymore. He will come as a risen Lord, as a risen king, as a high priest. And he will sit on the throne. And we're thankful tonight that the job is complete, that the sacrifice was enough, that he emptied himself out, and he never has to do that again. And we celebrate you, Jesus. You're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our praise. We ce- Cheer up, O oh, Zion. Cheer up, O oh, Zion. There's a great and mighty Savior in our midst. We worship you tonight, Jesus. We exalt your holy name. And so, Father, this evening is... We continue into this Christmas season. I pray that you would help us to approach you in all three facets of who you are, Jesus. You're our king. You're our priest. But you're our savior. You're the greatest gift that was ever given. And we're thankful tonight. I pray that your blessings would be upon every family represented here. And I pray that we, those of us that have experienced you in the myrrh moment of life where we approach you as Savior, I pray that over this Christmas season and going into the new year, we would represent you faithfully. We would represent you faithfully. And we would, we would be aware that in this season, people are more open and willing... And likely to be thinking about you as a baby. I pray that we would be able to, in the right way and in the right attitude, point to you as Savior. And win them for your kingdom's sake. And Father, we'll give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.
0: Amen, amen.